let me get to some scripture here. I, I'm, I believe the Lord is going to release some things in this place. I believe God is going to heal people's hearts. I believe God is going to fill people's souls. I believe God, people are going to make the decision to be baptized in the name of Jesus. I'm glad other people in this place believe it. Go to Luke chapter 4 and verse 16. And talk to you about the progression of a prisoner. The progression of a prisoner. I don't always have titles, but this one just, it was on me. Luke chapter 4 verse 16 says, And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up as his custom was. And he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. And he stood up to read. Uh, imagine you're in the synagogue and Jesus Christ, God manifested in flesh. The one that came, the perfect lamb that came to take the sins of the world shows up and he starts speaking. What do you think you're going to feel? There was delivered in him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. Now, I want to tell you something. This scripture in the book of Luke is the first words that came out of Jesus' mouth when he started his ministry. This is the very first words he said when he showed up on the scene and started doing things in the, in the area. Now, it says a few verses before he was preaching and he was uh, healing and all that. So he must have said some other things. But for whatever reason, I believe I have an idea of a reason here. But the, the writer Luke made this the first thing. The Lord through Luke made this the first words that you would hear in his public ministry. And I want you to hear what was said. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Why? Because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Okay. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Is there any broken hearts in this place? He has sent me to preach deliverance to the captives. Anyone felt bound by addictions? Maybe even addictions you can't talk about. You, you got them hidden behind the closet. Recovering of sight to the blind. And to set at liberty them that are bruised. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book. Now, we would be like, in the church culture today, like that brother was very short-winded. I'm not Jesus. I'm going to go a little longer. I'm sorry. <laughs> the man said five words and the place was like... He closed the book and he gave it again to the minister and he sat down and the eyes of all of them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. They could feel something in the atmosphere. They could feel a difference from when the Pharisees and the scribes and the religious leaders would teach in their synagogue. They felt a difference in the atmosphere when Jesus opened his mouth. And he began to say unto them, this day is the scripture fulfilled in your ears. He talks about five things. I'm, I'm, I want you to hear me. He talks about five things. And if you look at this and you study it out, God is actually releasing and revealing what sin will do to you. And how he came to break the bondage of sin and came to break the chains of sin. The progression of a prisoner. 
He said, I came to preach the gospel. You can leave uh, that first verse up there. Verse 18. Leave verse 18 up there, please. Thank you. He said, I came to preach the gospel to the poor, the destitute, those who've had everything stripped from them, the poor. It's talking about, it's, it's not talking about just wealth or just uh, finances. It's talking about maybe you had a position and it was stripped from you. You had a job or you had a place of influence and it was stripped for you. It's talking about just being destitute of something. He said, I came to preach to them. He said, I didn't only come to preach to the poor. I came to heal the brokenhearted. As you read this, you start to see what sin does to a person's heart, what it does to a person's mind, and what it does to a person's soul. When sin first comes in, it makes you destitute. It strips the things that you once had in your life because of the decisions and the mistakes you made. Sin comes in and it strips you and makes you destitute in some ways. And then it also, through the relationships and the things you experience, it breaks your heart. Leaves you broken in your heart and your spirit. The Bible says that a sick body, I can, you can endure. But a wounded spirit, who can bear? Sin comes in and it breaks the heart of a person and it wounds the heart of a person through relationships, through their own mistakes, through their own situations. And it wounds that individual and leaves them heartbroken. But Jesus said, I come to heal the broken heart. But you see, sin doesn't stop with a broken heart. The Bible talks about how sin, first it entices us. We get tempted and it entices us. And then it conceives. Then it brings forth death. You see that right here in this progression of scriptures where Jesus is trying to make a point to people that they can be free and they can be delivered because sin has had its clutches on them. Sin has kept them bound. Sin has kept them broken. So I came to heal the broken heart. Then he said, I came to preach deliverance. To the captives. What does it mean to be a captive? It means to be a prisoner of war. Or to be under the bondage or authority of something else. A a more uh, superior being by force or by you willingly submit to it. But when you are captive, you are literally enslaved. And Jesus said, I've come to break the shackles of captivity. I've come to deliver. What is that talking about? It's talking about addiction. It's talking about the things that you are captive to. Finding yourself falling into over and over and over again. And God said, I'll deliver. I'll set you free of the bondage of addiction. Then he goes a step farther. He says, and I'll bring recovery of sight to the blind the situations and the scenarios that you've experienced the stuff that has wounded you broken you left you addicted left you in this captivity God says I'll bring sight I'll restore sight Where you were so wounded and broken that even your mind couldn't think a certain way. Your mind is bound with thoughts and feelings and shame and you can't even see. He said, 
And I will come to set at liberty them that are bruised. What is a bruise? A bruise is something that's left from a shackle. A bruise is something that's left from the initial impact. What's Jesus talking about? He's talking about, I'll set at liberty. I'll lose forgiveness and freedom from your shame. Oh, the addiction, the blindness, the broken heart, and the stuff that was left on you. And you're so bitter. You're, you got so much unforgiveness. And Jesus said, oh, the last thing I'll do is I'll give you such a liberty. You're going to walk out of the enemy's camp with freedom. You're going to walk out of the enemy's camp with forgiveness and free of shame. I'm telling you right now in this world what they tell you, once you've been something, you'll always be something. You can't shake that reputation you used to have. That's why we walk around with so much shame because people hear a story about us and that story travels with us for the next few years, 15 years, 25 years, and it leaves the bruises of the impacts that I experienced in my life. And God says, I'll free you of that too. I'll give you such liberty that even the bruises that are left behind, you'll be free in Jesus' name. Uh, I feel deliverance in the house. I feel a release in the house where God's going to bring liberty. The very first words he said when he showed up in the book of Luke in ministry was that. Because he was reminding us of his purpose, of why he came. He's reminding us that you don't have to live bound. You don't have to live addicted. You don't have to live in the same mess you've always been in. When Jesus shows up, he takes your broken heart and he makes it whole. He takes your eyes that are blind from the darkness, from the sin, from the trials, and from what people did to you or you did to yourself. And he says, I'll bring your eyes to see and the shame and the weight and the bags that I carry from the impacts of sin and the impacts of bondage and the things that I carry in the shame. Jesus says, if you'll hand them over to me, my yoke is easy and my burden's light and I will bring you liberty where you'll be forgiven and you can forgive those that wronged you, that left those bruises. Or maybe you bruised yourself. Is there anybody that's been destitute? No, maybe not financially you haven't. Maybe not family you haven't, but you know that Satan has come to try to strip you of everything you've had. And you've been walking around with a broken heart. You've been walking around with addictions. And you don't tell anybody about it. There's people in this church. You walk around even with your own addictions because you put stuff back on that people tried to put on you. But when Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. You walking around blind, you trip into everything. You can't make right decisions. You don't know which way to go, which way to turn. You don't know who to talk to. You don't even know if Jesus cares because you're blind. You can't find him. And through all that pain and the struggle of the broken heart, you're already wounded. You're, you're, you're bent over because you're so broken already. And then on top of that, you, you got shackles of addiction. And on top of that, you don't even know where you're going because you're so blind. And on top of that, the shame of having to even have all that on you, the bruises that are left. 
I'm talking to anybody that's sick and tired. Sick and tired of walking around with addictions. Sick and tired of walking around with the blindness. Sick and tired of walking around with all the shame and all the pain. Look, I've been where you've been. I know what it's like. That's why I'm standing here right now talking to you. Because I found when he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And he came in and did it for me. I wish somebody clapped their hands. I know what it's like to be in that bondage. I know what it's like to be in that sin and that shame. But you will not leave this place the same way you came in. If you be honest with yourself and say, Jesus Jesus, save me. Jesus, get a hold of me. Jesus, I want to see. Jesus, I want to be delivered. If you want that from God, the Spirit of the Lord is in this place. And He's going to do that for you. Go to John chapter 3, verse 3, if you don't mind. I want you to see something right here. Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man is born again, he can't, he can't. Jesus reminds us in the book of John that except a man is born again. Then it says in verse 5, except a man is born again of water and spirit, he can't enter into the kingdom of God. What do you think holds somebody back when the spirit Lord is upon him? And he's coming and he's going to now give you an answer to get free of your blindness, your shame, your pain, and all those things. He gives us an answer. Even relating. He said, you want to enter in? You want to see? You got to be born again. Until you get born again, until you get to a place where you let God come in and break your shackles and break your chains, you're not going to see. And you're not going to enter in because the chains are still holding you down. Because the reason he came and the reason he died and the reason he resurrected was so that you could receive the liberty. But how does the liberty come? How do you get free? I'm about to help you. How do you get free? I want to slow down for just a second. Luke chapter 24. I want you to see something here. Mm. Luke chapter 24. Verse 44, Jesus, and he said unto them, there are the words which I spoke, Luke 24, 44, that I spoke to you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Then he opened their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. Jesus brought revelation to the disciples' eyes. He said unto them, thus it is written. Hear me, hear me. You've got to get this. Thus it is written and it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. Okay. Why did he rise from the dead the third day? Why did he do that? Next verse. That repentance and remission, which means forgiveness of sins, setting at liberty them that are bruised, that remissions of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And now watch. 
Next verse. And you are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem till you be in due with power from on high. Let me slow down for a second. I want, I want you to see something here. The book of Luke started with the spirit Lord is upon me in the start of his ministry. He was telling us what God came to do. He was showing us what Jesus came to do to set people free. But he ended the book of Luke showing you how he does it. He started the book of Luke in Jesus' ministry with what to expect and what can happen. But then he shows you right before Jesus goes to heaven, his very last words out of his mouth on earth. Got to be pretty important. People on their deathbed, I mean... You are hanging on to every last few sentences. Well, the man Christ Jesus, God manifested in flesh. That's pretty important. What he's saying right before he resurrects. Jesus told them, you need to go and preach repentance, forgiveness of sins, and receive the outpouring, the promise of the Father. Because he is showing us what we're looking for in the beginning of his ministry. He's showing us at the end of his ministry how we're supposed to receive it. And then we see that played out in the book of Acts chapter 2. In the book of Acts chapter 2, Peter stands up and he says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Peter mirrors what Jesus said in his last words before he went to heaven. Because Peter was standing there when Jesus said, this, this, I'm releasing. This is how you're going to do it. Repent, be baptized, and you shall be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. We are in a church. We have a faith that believes that you can have the Spirit of the Lord come upon you and you can be free. But you got to get it how Jesus offers it. The very way he did in the end of the book of Luke and the way that he told us in the book of Acts through Peter preaching who had the keys to the kingdom of heaven tells us how we can receive that. I'm trying to, you can bring him out here. I'm trying to wind this thing down here because I believe that God wants to set some people free. John chapter 11 verse 1 says this. Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany. The word Bethany in the Greek means town of misery, of affliction. The town of Mary and Martha and That was Mary, which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore, his sisters, you can bring them and you can lay them right here on the platform. Now, Jesus loved Mary, verse five, and her sister and Lazarus. And when he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Now, watch this. Watch what Jesus says. Jesus tells us what he's trying to do in this situation. Verse 11, these things said he after that he saith unto him, our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I might wake him out of his sleep. His disciples said, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. How about Jesus spoke of his death, 
But they thought that he had spoken of taking of rest and sleep. Then said Jesus unto him plainly, Lazarus is dead. Lazarus is dead. And I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there to the intent that you may believe. But let's go. Then said Thomas to his fellow disciples, let us go also that we may die with him. <laughs> when Jesus came and he found that he had laid in the grave for four days already, Bethany was near Jerusalem. And many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went with him. But Mary sat still in the house. Verse 25, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. And he that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whatsoever, whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? She said, yeah, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which came. Jesus talks about in this passage, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but he talks about in verse 4, the sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. We have a situation where Jesus is one of his really good friends. His name is Lazarus. And Lazarus died. And Jesus was in another town, another city. Lazarus in the Greek literally means whom God has helped. And this is a side note, but what's really amazing about this is there's two Lazaruses in the Bible. You got Jesus who's very close, or Lazarus who's very close to Jesus. Then you have another Lazarus that was a, a poor beggar that was literally had one of the worst lives you've ever seen in the scripture. God is sh- contrasting them to show you that he's trying to help every single person no matter what your situation is. He does it no matter where you come from, no matter how broken you are, no matter how bad the situation is, God is trying to help you. So Jesus stops and he takes some time. Can you breathe in there? <laughs> it's toilet paper. Don't worry. It'll be all right. <laughs> Jesus waits an extra two days. While Lazarus is dead, gets to a point where it's stinking, where it starts to even permeate into other people's lives. Situation was so dead, it wasn't just dead for him, it affected others. Sometimes God allows situations to happen or allows things in your life to bring you to a place so that the glory of God can be revealed. Where your situation's not unto death. Your situation is not into the place where it never can be resurrected and it can never change. And sometimes he takes his time getting there. Jesus took an extra two days to get to Lazarus because he wanted to prove a point. What's so amazing about this is that Jesus eventually shows up and I'm going to skip down to where Jesus is dealing with the situation. We're talking about the progression of a prisoner. When Mary was come, when Jesus saw him, she fell on his feet, saying to him, Lord, if thou had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping and the Jews also weeping, which came with him, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. He asked where they laid him and Jesus wept. You skip down to the verse in verse 40. He said, I say unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, thou should see the glory of God. Remember what I talked about, about you mixing your faith with the word of God? There's got to be faith. You've got to believe. 
He said, if you would believe, you will see the glory of God. They took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that you have heard me. And I knew that thou hearest me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said that they may believe that hast sent me. And when he had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. You can stand up. He said, Lazarus, come forth. Don't touch him yet, Declan. And life entered into Lazarus' being. But I want you to see something here. Jesus spoke and said, Lazarus, come forth. A man who was dead for four days. A man who was in the grave. They had to lay the stone away, move it away. And it got so bad that the whole situation smelled. A man that was friends with Jesus. A man that even had a walk with Jesus. He died, but God said, I'm going to get glory out of this. He shows up, he sees the body, or he speaks to the body and says, come forth. And breath enters his body. But watch what the scripture says. And when he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave cloths, his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus said unto them, loose him and let him go. I want you to see something here that happens. Jesus spoke life into Lazarus himself, but it took somebody else to come and to break his bondage, his grave clothes, to set him free. You might have received the Holy Ghost. You might have God inside of you, but are you bound? Do you still have stuff inside of you that you haven't released to God yet? It took another man ripping the bondage off so Lazarus could get free and Lazarus could be free from his eyes from his his arms his legs oh I feel faith in this place I feel faith in this place God's trying to show you you might have some type of walk with God but you're still bound you're still bound and you need another man you need another person I feel the Holy Ghost I feel deliverance in this place right now you need another man to come and rip the bondage off now hear me hear me you seek typology hear me hear me hear me you seek typology in this situation you hear you see typology in this situation you ready The Bible says, except a man is born of water and spirit, he can't enter the kingdom of God. That's two experiences. The born again of the spirit only comes from God. God brings life and he takes it. But he also says you got to be baptized. You can't get baptized unless somebody says, all right, you ready to be free from your bondage? I know you got life because you received the Holy Ghost. Only God can give that. But God has limited himself to man in some situations where God says, now I need man to be involved with man for my plan to come to pass. And isn't it so funny that the Bible talks about bondage. It talks about the grave clothes. It talks about not seeing, not hearing. And Jesus said, except a man be born again, he can't see the kingdom of God. And the Bible also tells us that when you get baptized by water and you go, under that water you become a new creature in Christ old things are passed away behold all things are made new that if any man be in Christ he's a new creature Nathaniel you can come I'm trying to tell you right now there's people in this place you have never been baptized in the name of Jesus but you can't get completely free until you get those grave clothes off until you let another man another woman come and say now let me help you get free of the bondage let me help 
I'm telling you, God will fill you with the Holy Ghost tonight and right now, and you don't even need anybody to touch you. I feel deliverance. I feel it right here. Somebody's going to get delivered. Except a man be born again, he can't even see the kingdom of God. Lazarus couldn't see anything, even though he could breathe. He couldn't see because he had the grave clothes, the napkin on his eyes. And it wasn't until another man came and took those things off. And here's the interesting thing. You ready? God takes life and he, he gives life and he takes it. No man could give Lazarus life. But man wrapped Lazarus in bondage. And God uses man to help free you from bondage. I said, God has man help free you from bondage. If you got the idea, oh, I, you know, I got this relationship with God, I don't need man, then you don't know your Bible. Because the Bible says you need each other. you got to have the vertical relationship and you need the horizontal relationship. But I know I'm preaching to some Lazarus in this place where you know you're broken, you know you're hurting, you know that God is speaking to you and you know that God wants to fill you with the Holy Ghost because you can feel him pulling at your heart. You can feel God telling you to let go of the shame and let go of the bondage and there's going to be people in this place that are going to help you get free if you will make up your mind and make a decision i want to walk out of here delivered i want the spirit of the lord to come upon me I wish somebody right now, I can feel it all right here. I can feel deliverance right here. If you want it, you come up here, God's going to fill you with the Holy Ghost. If you want it, someone's going to pray for you and start breaking the chains of addiction and will lead you to the tank baptism where you can be completely delivered from shame and sin and be free in the name of Jesus. Uh, That's here. Lift up your voice. It's here. There's deliverance in the place. There's deliverance in this place. If you want the Holy Ghost, if you want to be free, or if you're sick and tired of being in the same situation you've always been, there is deliverance. God will set you free. Come on. God wants to bring you to a place where you get stripped of the grave clothes. Stand where you are. We're going to pray. And God, if he speaks to you to come up here, you can pray in your seat. It doesn't matter. Telling you right now, I feel faith and I feel deliverance. And if you want it, God will give it to you. Lift your hands, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Come on, that's it. In the name of Jesus. God, draw. God, draw. Deal with hearts that are holding back. Deal with hearts that are holding on. Deal with hearts that are waiting too long for you to come in and to free and to heal. Come on, that's it. When are you going to, you might have to hop up here. You might have to hop up here. You might be so dead, you can barely feel anything. Well, I've got the life giver in the building and his name is Jesus. And the life giver will come down and fill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost, with the evidence to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. I got the life giver in the building. Somebody will lead you to the tank, to the water, and help you get free. Help you get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, where your sins will be washed away. Your sins can't be washed. 
without obeying the word of God, without letting God put you in the place of obedience that he has given you. Come on, deliverance is in the building. Deliverance is in the building. Deliverance is in the building. Be free. Be free. Be free. Be free. Be free. Be free in Jesus' name. God's about to fill people with the gift of the Holy Ghost. If you've got the Holy Ghost, help pray with somebody right now. The Lord is here. There's deliverance in the house. Come on, that's it. There's deliverance. I feel it moving all over the building. Come on, tap into it. It's here. Don't let your broken heart stay broken. Don't let your eyes stay bound. Don't let your heart stay in that situation. Come on, worship God. Give God voice. Give God volume. Let God come in and speak life into your being. Let God speak life into your being. Some of you apostolics, you've got grave clothes on right now. You need to let God unravel those grave clothes with somebody praying for you. Be free from addiction. Be free from addiction. Be free. Be free. I feel my God. I'm telling you, there's something in this place. If you will mix your faith with the word of God right now, if you will mix your faith with the word of God right now, I'm telling you, Father, loose your angels to work among us in this place. Loose your angelic host to go forth into this place and deal with people's hearts and help them to get free of their bondage right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, that's it. Right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray, God, right now your angelic host will be loose. I feel it in this place. God wants to take us a step farther. God wants to take us a step farther. Get in. The waters are trouble. The waters are trouble. Come on, take those grave clothes off. Break the chains that got you bound.
the Spirit of the Lord is here. 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 He's preaching to the poor. He's bringing the broken heart to be mended. My God, He's bringing deliverance to addiction. He's bringing eyes to be opened. He's setting that liberty, them that are bruised.